0: Works away from us. in here. He's
1: bowling. Mitchell Stark takes leg stump out of the ground to finish the test match. Josh Tung, who did a lot right at number 10, knocked over for 19. England bowled out for 327. Australia have held their nerve. After four years ago, so much trauma at Headingley. They were tested today by Ben Stokes. But there isn't to be a second miracle. Australia go 2-0 up here at Lords, victorious by 43 runs, Damien Fleming. Well, we've been pleading for it from an Australian perspective. And then
0: finally, uh, that wasn't even a picture.
1: Yes, the Aussies 2-0 up in the ashes, thanks to another dramatic last day in the second test at Lords. Of course, there was controversy with Alex Carey's uh, dismissal of Johnny Bairstow, but there was also uh, a great day's cricket, some absolute heroics from Ben Stokes, ultimately unrewarded for England. But we have the whip hand now in this Ashes series. Bryce McGain, SEN Crickets expert, is uh, looking at the Ashes closely for us. Bryce, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Duff. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, another monumental test match two from two so far and it looks like it's crescendoing and it's going to get uh, more exciting as we go deeper into it.
1: What was the highlight for you Bryce?
0: Well it was certainly Ben Stokes batting and giving England a chance. Uh, He just pulled the trigger and it was nearly a bit of anger I think as you mentioned the Johnny Bairstow stumping of uh, Alex Carey getting that done with the underarm but uh, Ben Stokes then just pulled the trigger and he he just well he, he just sort of cat amongst the pigeons, really. It, it looked like Australia were a, a bit all over the place. The bowlers were a bit shell-shocked um, as he just kept launching the ball over the short boundary, um, getting to that onside. But it was um, when clearer minds uh, sort of got in charge there a bit and when they started bowling a little bit wide at him, they were able to control it. But Ben Stokes giving them that opportunity was uh, something special.
1: He's some sort of cricketer, isn't he, Ben Stokes? And it's almost... The backs to the wall stuff brings out the best of him. I mean, I've saw him make a a great hundred on a wearing deck at the Wacker years and years and years ago, and uh, obviously there were the heroics at Headingley four years ago, and um, and uh, he he came in, he looked on a mission right from the start when he came out to bat in this in this test.
0: Yeah, he did, and the way he measures through those things, obviously, you know, we can call back on the experiences that he's had throughout his career but he's just such a good problem solver so he's working with the other batsmen in there and it's it's nearly their responsibility when he joins them that they play the aggressor but then when he bats with the tail. It's uh, foot flat to the floor. He goes into overdrive, and he's so very hard to stop. He hits a, a clean ball, and um, you know he creates panic. And I, I think that's where a lot of the England supporters and uh, the, the English team, because that they have this opportunity and the expectations are high, um, that the disappointment is, um, you know, when it doesn't quite go all their way, that uh, they do get very upset. We heard the boos there after that last wicket, and. I get a sense also the Australian fast bowlers wanted to send a message to, I guess, the England medium paces that if you're prepared to bowl short, flat out for a whole session uh, to our players, we're going to do the same. And it it, it was uh, in that last call there saying, finally, they pitched the ball up. It was nearly like they wanted to bounce them for another half an hour before they eventually got them out. It was... I think there was a real message in that as well, the, the firepower of the Australian quicks, four of them all above one hundred forty Ks an hour. Um we certainly send in a message late in the test as well when Ben Stokes went out.
1: Yeah, and which which kind of makes a nonsense of the whole spirit of the game argument to me that went on over the the Kerry dismissal of, of Bearstow. I mean this was a this was a match in which the attacks of both teams chose to bowl short and at the bodies and heads of, of, of opposition players to get them out on a docile pitch. I mean, surely the spirit of the game, I, I, de- I described it at the top of the show as a bit of quaint nonsense. I mean, the rules of the game either say though is out or he's not out, don't they? And and it's for the umpire to make that ruling.
0: Yeah, no question at all, Guff. And that's where the Australians play their game within. Within the within the rules, within the laws of cricket, and uh, that's certainly the case. We know that uh, Johnny Bairstow had a couple of nibbles at exactly the same dismissal once in the first innings, and then uh, in the second innings, uh, tried the same thing in Shame. But you see, the Australian batsmen—they're well aware that that's always on the card. So you don't wander out of your crease. You don't do it before the uh, the umpires are called over, and you make sure that it, you know it is a dead ball before you go and do those things. And um, Mike Atherton called it pretty well, I think, on the broadcast last night where he said it was dopey cricket um, by Johnny Bairstow. And that's probably the best way to describe it. I can understand that, you know, England are are feeling their emotional response to that because their expectations are high. They have an emotional response to it. Um, You know, I think it's a a long bow to draw to say that's not within the spirit of the game.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I just find that the spirit of the game a silly argument to make. I mean, if, you, if you're if going to invoke the spirit of the game, do we say that Mitchell Stark clearly took the catch uh, to dismiss Duckett, but the rules of the game say he didn't complete the catch? Does Duckett look at it and go, oh yeah, but he clearly took it, so I should go out anyway? No, no, because the, the umpire's interpretation is that the catch wasn't completed, so therefore Duckett gets to stay, and uh, the umpire's interpretation was that the ball wasn't dead, so therefore Bairstow has to go. Um, and if you look at Carey's reaction, Carey was throwing at the stumps. He wasn't thinking, oh, I'll do something sneaky here. He was throwing at
0: the stumps straight
1: away um,
0: the minute that's he caught exactly the ball. exactly right. I think that's critical uh, that he took the ball and then uh, kept the ball in play and went straight to the stumps and under uh, under it there. The fact is he's standing a good maybe 15, 20 metres back, so it does take a, a, a split second for the ball to arrive, but... Uh, yeah, clearly, um, I guess the arguments and the disappointment, maybe when the dust settles and within the, the, the team, that uh, they'll they'll sort of reflect on that and say, well, you know, we do need to just play within the laws of the game. Disappointing also, I think, uh, with uh, Brenda McCullum, you know, I'm not going to greet them uh, or have a beer with them after the game at any time soon. You know, I think that just shows just poor leadership and uh, maybe uh, bad sportsmanship as well. Both Stokes saying, you know, about the spirit of the game and the the coach leading that way. It just shows that they're clearly rattled within that playing group um, and they're looking for the the smallest things to really hang their hat on as to why it happened. In cricket, we know that um, those things are out of your control. So you can't control those types of things. You can just control what you do. And if Johnny Besto had just waited like every other player had done, and um, then it wouldn't have been an issue.
1: My understanding is that Brendan McCullum, who was also a wicketkeeper, has done or tried to do that in the past as well. So I'm not sure why he suddenly thinks it's not in the spirit of the game. How is baseball Ball going, you think, Bryce?
0: I think it's been challenged by a really good, well-prepared team and it's not quite coming up to it. And I think that's where even the English fans, they were right over the top there. Even in the long room, the way they're reacting and the tenseness of it, their expectations are so high because it has been a successful formula. um, Batting aggressively and bowling in the manner which they do to take wickets and if that means bowling short for a long period of time, then they're prepared to do that. Other teams have folded under that pressure. But Australia, they haven't won every moment. They certainly haven't won every session. But they've found a way to fight back in and and apply their plan and their response to it. And so far, it's coming out on top. What we are seeing is that the, the bowlers are getting more and more tired. That's got a bit to do with age and the overs that they've been forced to bowl over the first two test matches. Australia... Batting at their normal tempo, albeit pretty positively, um, but 101 overs in that second innings that takes its toll on that bowling attack, and then 100 overs in the first innings. That's on top of the the overs they had to bowl in that um, the first test as well. So. It's really taxing. Um, the fact that they score runs quickly is great, but the bowlers don't get a break. And then they, they're really getting churned over now. So I think they've got some really sore players, um, not only <laughs> from the bouncer barrage as well um, at later on in the innings, but I think it's really, it's costing their bowlers. Um, preparing flat wickets is not playing into the hands of James Anderson, a swinging ball, a seaming ball, which Australia really struggled against. So they're nearly playing into Australia's hands and Australia have been able to withstand the onslaught of their batters.
1: I found the rhetoric after the first test loss interesting as well. Like They were talking about how they felt like they'd won even though they'd lost because of the way they'd play the game. That was almost like them trying to convince themselves that what they were doing was going to work and they just had to keep at it when really um, it had probably cost them that first test.
0: Yeah, and I think further to that, uh, and I guess that's a positive mindset within their, their squad, is to say that, you know, it, it, all's not lost. You know, we feel like we've played good cricket. And it could have gone either way. We, we we all know that. that It, it could have. It was on a knife's edge, and it, it happened to fall Australia's way in that first test. This was a bit more convincing by Australia as they got more used to um, the, the strategy and what to do, um, although a big scare at the end, obviously, with Ben Stokes. But, um, you know, even after this game, Ben Stokes has said, oh, you know, we, we beat other, other nations in England 3-0, so we, we're happy with the position we're in. They can't possibly be happy <laughs> in the position they're in. The batting looks reckless at times. It looks loose and uh, the manner in which they go out is very, very costly when they don't necessarily need to bat quite so aggressively In given the conditions and the situation of the game. So they've nearly got themselves to blame. The positive mindset is great, but um, I think the Australian camp are seeing right through that and really um, they'll be looking to push things even further when they head up to Leeds this week.
1: Yeah, they don't call it test cricket for nothing, do they? What sort of
0: pitch can they expect at Leeds, do you think, um, Bryce? Well I, w- well, I wonder whether they'll change it a little bit and try and get a bit more juice in it. The fact is England won the te- uh, won the toss uh, on day one here. Cloud, overhead, green wicket, and just weren't able to get the job done. Yeah, they beat the bat quite a few times, but credit to the Australians they held their line with the bat. They didn't try and flirt and feel for the ball. You know, it's credit to Dave Warner. He got 66 at the top of the order in that first innings, Marnus with a near 50, Steve Smith with 110, and Travis Head with 77. Those contributions to get Australia over 400 in the first innings were monumental, given the bowling conditions were set up for those England bowlers. So I suspect they'll probably want a bit more life in the wicket because when it came to that second innings, um, it was just the uneven bounce and they had to bowl short. But they're all medium pace now. They're all bowling about 130 k's an hour where Australia, they've been stepping it up 15, 10 to 15 kilometres faster than that, so making it more difficult. So I think they'll want a bit more life in the wicket to get Australian batsmen out.
1: They really miss Jofra Archer, don't they? He was the guy that could really hurry our batsmen up and, uh, and actually intimidated a few of them. And uh, with him not there, I know Mark Wood is quick and obviously he's um, a bit underdone at the moment, so not playing. But um, they miss that guy that can really, I guess, hurry and hurt an Australian batsman.
0: Indeed, yeah. They they just don't quite have that, that strike bowler. Uh, wood injured at the moment is a bit of a blow. And, um, yeah, the fact that they don't have that. So they, they've picked the guys and are uh, the, the, uh, their best bowlers. They're picking their best attack. Um, you know, uh, Leach is out injured and you know Australia also lose their, their, their best spin bowler as well. So that's going to be a bit of an opening I would have thought. Tyler Murphy comes in and will play the third test as, as the off spinner. He did a terrific job in India. So there's some balances that will be changing within both lineups. Um, so it, it does open some opportunity for England but they're a long way behind. Not only 2-0 but I think also Mentally, they've given everything, they've challenged Australia, but Australia have stood strong. Um it's been pretty impressive by that Australian group.
1: How concerned are you with the calf injury to Nathan Lyon? They do call it the old man's injury, and it looked like a good one, looked like a pretty good rip by the way he was getting around on it um afterwards. Are you are you worried this might be the beginning of the end for Nathan?
0: Well, I think it's certainly the end of the series. Um, a calf that a couple of days out that you can't put any weight on at all. Um, you know, he may have re-aggravated at batting um, as well. Even just uh, changing the weight and and balancing yourself against fast bowling in a split second, that that can even put some pressure under it. So it's not only just the running between wickets or, as it turned out for, <laughs> for him, it was the hopping between wickets. Um, as, as it was, courageous stuff to go out there, but he may have done further damage, which he probably knew that that could be the case, but he also probably knew that i'm out for the series anyway so um I, I I'm done in this thing i don't think he's he's done in terms of test cricket no I think he's um the the way that he prepares and the way that he has performed in recent years has been absolutely outstanding, so I think he's got certainly another one or two if he's got the hunger he'll he'll continue to go and and perform well for australia, so he misses the the final tests here. Um, but I'm sure you will bounce back for the Australian summer.
1: Now, Steve Smith, we talked a bit about what a great player Ben Stokes is, but Steve Smith elevating his place in the game the longer he goes.
0: He is. It's such a, a critical uh, performance, as I mentioned, in that first innings. Valuable runs in the second innings. Uh, I know a lot of the England fans are probably a bit disappointed that it wasn't Ben Stokes. And, you know, I don't think it, too many Australian supporters would be um, shy about the fact that, you know, Ben Stokes could have been the man of the match. But he just keeps franking this. He went out with this all-intent purpose, um, the way he went about batting in this game. And he, he's, uh, you know, he's just growing, And we've seen the, 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 the development of him from year to year to year. And... Uh, I think um, his experiences in life um, as captain and then not captain and um, all, all those things with the sandpaper, I think it's built this resilience in the way that he plays and this mental strength. Um, he, he's nearly as mentally strong as any player there is in the game and any game, in any player that has been. He keeps performing at the highest level and, and helping his team win test matches. Um, yeah, he, he's a bit of an icon.
1: Obviously, there's Bradman, and then there's the rest. Where does he sit amongst the rest? Like we talk about Greg Chappell, we talk about Ricky Ponting, those great, great players that we've had over the years. Where does Steve Smith sit in in around that lot? You reckon?
0: Well, well, he's right up there. Um, Performance wise, you can certainly see that. Um, you know, m- maybe uh, it's hard to compare eras. Um, because of, uh, you know, the opposition, I suppose, and different conditions and uh, and those types of things. But, you know, he's certainly a player to be celebrated. He's right up there with the very, very best. We can debate that for a long time, Duff, if we want to uh, look at all the, those terrific players, but a, a player absolutely to be celebrated and um, encouraged to continue because uh, we don't want it to end just yet. Uh, he is uh, such a good player and, uh, and he's found cricket his way um he bats it a little bit differently he holds the bat a bit differently but he's found the solution for himself and he's such a good problem solver and a beautiful stroke player as well um and as i mentioned before that incredible resilience and and problem solving skills it makes him one of the best of all time for australia
1: it's an interesting observation you make there and and clearly his uniqueness is, is obvious because um he's just different isn't he like he's he gets his head in line and everything else goes all over the place. And he, and because everything goes all over the place, he kind of gets the bowlers to bowl where he wants them to as opposed to where they want to bowl. But Bradman wasn't classical either, was he? Bradman didn't have the straightest of bats. He just had a very keen eye and, and was very quick to pick the ball up
0: yeah and very simply he hit the ball where the fielders weren't, so he saw gaps, not fielders and uh and, and the best players that 's the way they they look at it. They find the gaps over and over you know we've all experienced players that look beautiful, great techniques, but they keep hitting into the fielders and can 't score runs, and then eventually they go out um yeah Steve Smith is definitely not one of those. he can maneuver himself for a delivery for instance at the top of off stump he can play that down to third man he can basically put it to all parts of the ground and he'll he'll bat accordingly where the field is set but also that what they often call and it's a ricky Ponting saying swimming between the flags where is it most safe to be scoring and making those runs he'll he'll use that and manipulate his body and his hands to hit the ball in those areas he's a Incredible problem solver. That's the best way to put him because uh, he, he's always looking to score and be positive, but the, the way he goes about it is, is completely unique, not just based on one formula or one technique. Um, yeah, it's pretty remarkable.
1: One last one before I let you go, Bryce. Have we got the Ashes now? Have we got one and a half hands on the urn, do you think?
0: Absolutely, Yeah, Australia in a commanding position here. And the 2-0 scoreline obviously stands for itself. But I think the way that these squads have played, um, there just seems to be a bit of unrest in that English one that they're going to need to go back to the drawing board. The, the attack that they've got is, is weary. It's tired. Uh, and they're going to need to make some changes. Um, Australia look all-conquering at the moment and they look really resilient. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a... Pretty emphatic performance by the Australians, as I said. They haven't won every moment, they haven't won every session, but over the longer it goes, um, the more that there's a bit of a gap between these two sides. Australia is number one in the world, after all, and uh, they're performing like that in this Ashes series.
1: Bryce McGain, SEN Cricket Commentator, thanks so much for your thoughts, and we look forward to talking to you again as this Ashes series progresses.
0: Great to talk with you again, Duff. Have a ripper day,
1: Bryce McGain. What are your thoughts? on the final day at Lords, It was pretty eventful, wasn't it? You can have your say on the Temperate Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736, or you can call us on the open line, 13 12 We've got some text coming through on the Ashes. We've got some text coming through on the Eagles that we'll get to in the last half hour of the show. We'll take a break.